I'm Fathery. This is Dave. And I'm Brandy. And this is Text Trek. Engage. Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 268th installment of the Text Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we take a deep look at Star Trek old and new. And tonight we are talking about the Star Trek of 2023. We've uh, reached the the end of the year. It's December now. We are uh, just we've gotten all the all the Trek official Trek content, at least for like shows that we're getting uh, so it's all kind of just laid to rest and we can all, you know, soak it all in, chew on it, finalize opinions. We should kick back and ten forward and reflect on it. Oh, yeah. A little, or your little, ten little, forward um, of choice. Like, like the ship's holiday party, right? it was a Christmas party, it was about the 1960s, these, when they, you know, before this, uh, this war on Christmas, uh, began, <laughs> if it ever, if it ever really began. But yeah, when they, they had Christmas parties instead of holiday parties, but yeah, the, the, uh, the Enterprise had a Christmas party that, that was mentioned in, uh, day, day of the, or, uh, dagger of the mind. So okay, I guess Starship Texas has has a similar party, <laughs> but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be festive. Uh, Brandy is here for the people watching on YouTube. See that she has some some festive uh some festive Christmas swag on. So I do this every year. It started as a joke uh, many moons ago. We were at my parents' house and unwrapping presents with the family and Dave, my husband, Dave, not this Dave, right. <laughs> my husband, Dave, uh, would take the bows off and kept sticking them on my hair. And classic, uh, classic, classic. Yeah. And, and we had a pretty good, uh, we had a pretty good bundle of bows going on on my head. And uh, my, my mother and my sisters are like, Oh no, that's actually kind of cute. You know, that could be a fun hair accessory. And this was born of that i mean obviously it's not bows but it's a lot of ribbons they were actually packaged bows and i took two of them and stuck them together on a barrette and here we are and i've been doing this for oh golly at least 16 years i think by the way i believe i i, I saw if, if somebody hasn't mentioned i saw your husband in the audience uh, yes he our, is our comment section yes apparently Sohail did not know that dave my husband. So he's like, "Hey, are you related to Brandy?" Yeah. That means he's like, that yeah. means he's not he's not watching any of the text truck streams that you've been on because he always shows up when you're when you're here. So he's and apparently, cool like so hell doesn't. So yeah, <laughs> Dave's cool like that. He is always supporting my my live streams wherever they may happen. Oh, so that's uh, that's awesome. But and no shade of of so hell can't be here. We have we have wonderful people, wonderful backup people in the audience, like. Like Brandy's David, not to be confused with, with our just generic old, uh, you know, like the Dave that we already have at home, with <laughs> yeah. the home version. Yeah, but uh, home but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about the the trek of 2023 with you with you, Brandy. But um, uh, before we get into that, just like a little bit of a uh, quick housekeeping. 
Uh, I do need to say uh, thank you to the Text Trek Patreon supporters who make the weekly live show possible. Thank you so much. We'll uh, go through everyone's name and the the end credits at the the end of the show. But uh, we like to celebrate with our patrons every month by having a monthly watch party. And uh, we have one coming up on Saturday, December 16th. I don't know what we're going to be watching, but it'll be like Christmas themed, I guess. And there's going to be like some additional... Uh, some additional watch party things going on in the uh, in the Discord in uh, December. So if people out there listening are not in the Text Trek Discord server, you should be. There is a link in the description wherever you're watching or listening to this, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing some I don't know some fun some fun stuff in there. Um, some of it's gonna be open to everyone, but if you are able to help financially contribute to the show. Uh, you can sign up on the Patreon as little as $2 a month. That'll get you into the monthly watch party we do like every month. And there's additional perks too. You can come in like a higher tier, get to like pick what we watch for your birthday and stuff like that. If you're able to help out at those higher levels, we do appreciate it. And uh, just a little bit of, of news again, you know, WGA and sag After Us strikes over production on stuff seems to be ramping up. Uh, so we should have cameras rolling on both. Strange New World Season 3 and the uh, Section 31 Michelle Yeoh movie very soon. I don't know uh, when we'll see those. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be a while. So, uh, but they, they, they will be shooting, so we'll probably be getting some, some type of news, you know, casting, uh, stuff like that. Uh, that's exciting. And uh, Prodigy, just to remind folks, uh, later this month, will return to the streaming world. It'll make its debut on netflix on christmas day december 25th so you know if any of your nieces or nephews are getting like an ipad for christmas and you know mom and dad are gonna load up netflix on there to keep the kid busy so like you should just be like hey junior how about you uh you click on that star trek prodigy show that looks like that looks like a cool option hey there fellow kids yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i mean that's actually it's super exciting they're gonna it, it is a a real new shot at an audience for for a show that deserves it yeah and uh, and and season two coming next year, so we don't know when, but we'll we'll be covering I'm, it in I'm some ready. capacity. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll probably be a I just I'm just making shit up. I haven't like been told this, or I I'm not basing this on anyone who says they have any type of information. But I would just assume Netflix will choose to break season two the in twenty episodes. They'll choose to break that up into two different ten episode drops and. I don't know, maybe we'll get one at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year, something like that. Maybe one they'll just save till 2025, but I think we'll probably just get like a 10-episode chunk at some point within the next six months. I mean, yeah, two 10-episodes, even though it's uh, like halves, even if they're half-hour instead of hour, still kind of feels like we get two seasons, so I'll let my mind be tricked into it. <laughs> yeah, um, and... Well, I don't know how we'll like. It'll be tricky if they do that because I don't think we're gonna have like weekly episode coverage. But right, right. Yes, it, it'll depend. Tricky. You know, well, is Discovery coming out? Are we doing like an episode of Discovery every week, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, here's ten Prodigy episodes. Talk about these two. Like, we'll just kind of have to play it by ear. But it'll, it'll, it'll be covered. And I'm, I'm thinking it'll hopefully be when there's no other new Trek coming out, and we can just be like, oh, we'll talk about five episodes this week and five episodes next week, or something like that. But. Rather, should we ask everybody to petition Netflix to release it once a week? <laughs> Change I mean, we can try. Us. We can try, but I, I don't. I just know that that's not how Netflix does like American shows that they put in this 
market. It's like it ain't gonna happen. So. What if we send uh, JoJo Cracko over to uh, have the boys <laughs> talk to him? Yeah, to negotiate. To, <laughs> to, that that that's who like the Federation. That would be like a lower decks joke or something. But that, the Federation should like recruit some of those uh, <laughs> some of those mobster types. To, wise guys. Like, the, yeah, over like, there with the, some heaters. For certain cultures, they would be like the ideal diplomats. Like that, it's like there might there could be like a, a Ferengi governor of a planet who's you know hard to deal with. But you send you send Cracko uh, in there, and you know maybe maybe that'll be like a respectable uh, rival that he'll uh, he'll be able Burn to work him. out some some contract with. You know, you know I, I, I we've talked about this over the years. I would love I still would love for them to revisit that planet. I like the idea that uh, you know they've uh, sort of uh, almost uh, the same way that we've sort of uh, factionalized with streaming services and things like that, that they would have like, you know, like this island is this and this landmass covers that. And uh, and that they're like, if they needed somebody, one of the gangsters, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's just a little small community now. Most people have moved on, but there's some old hardline uh, orthodox uh, piece of the action guys left. And they, they, you know, that would be so fun. Uh, and those, they'd have to go and find them on the planet amidst all the other chaos. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, they... I they almost did that. They they almost took us back to the Ioceans on Deep Space Nine, but they decided to go back in time to the Trouble with Tribbles episode instead. I bet I bet Lower Decks is going to get to it, but I hope so. I mean, we don't we don't know how much Lower Decks there is, but right, poss- possibly only one more season, but uh, hopefully, I mean, they could always bring Lower Decks back in ten years if everyone's like, hey, like, voice actors, what a want to record some lines let's uh you know we could do like the futurama thing and just like keep bringing the show back so (laughs) so never say never i guess but what other news is there i guess uh dave i haven't told this to anyone but the uh the show that you and i are going to cover you know next year there's not going to be as much um not going to be as much star trek as uh this is going to be kind of ceremonious. I'm going to like build up to this. I'm like, oh, oh. like there's some some people are watching, so like I have I have some people's attention. So you let me savor the moment. But you you know people might recall like uh, we've covered uh, Deep Space Nine, and before we covered Deep Space Nine, like during COVID, like in 2020, right before Lower Decks premiered, we we went through all of the animated series mm-hmm. with our friend uh, Aaron Harvey, who's in the live audience right now. Is yeah, it was super filter and his uh, co-author on the book, uh, Rich Shepas. We talked about. All of the animated series, you know, that's easy. It's only 26 episodes. We talked about all 150, 60 something DS9 episodes. So we still, uh, we still have several more like legacy Trek shows we've never covered. What to do with those things, Fathery? Yeah, Can we get around yeah. to them? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it takes a while sometimes. You know, you might, you might say it's, uh, it's been a long road. <laughs> Yet here we are. I know, I know that was hard for you. Well, it's like a December thing, you know, like last year we were like, get us to like a thousand subs and I'll sing the terrible song. So I, I sing the song and then, but, uh, but, but next year we're going to, we're going to cover Star Trek Enterprise Day. We're going to start covering it with season one in January of, um, 2024, but I'm looking forward to this father. As you know, I've, I've only seen like about a season worth of it and I know, I know of its place in Trek fandom. I know it's been reviled at times i know it's had a critical reappreciation at times uh i'm 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 gonna like I'm, I'm i'm excited to look at it with 2024 eyes it's weird you know like it got like so much hate when it came out and it was like blamed for decades for like you know you you killed the fran i guess it was like blamed for about a decade and then uh 
then they started making like newer shows that everyone wanted to like blame them for for killing the franchise. Whatever's like the most recent thing is always going to have like the blame for killing the franchise. Sure. But there there's people now who like grew up on Enterprise who like really love it. So, and I I consider season 4 of Enterprise one of the best seasons of of any Star Trek show ever. So it's it's something that I I think will be a lot of fun to to cover and uh and to get a fresh perspective on with uh with Dave seeing a lot of the show for the first time. Joel is mentioning, do you say Shran or Shran? Shran. 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 Okay, yeah, uh, who I know is played by... Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs, yes. So, yes, I'm looking forward to that now that I have a much better sense of who he is after DS9. And and, and I know, of course, he's played a million roles, but, like, that, that was that was some of his very best, I think. So Yeah. Then whenever we get around to uh, covering Voyager, he's uh, he shows up there, too, so... Jill is posting, like, little heart eyes emojis, so, uh, for Shran. Shran! 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 Yeah. Shran. Then, <laughs> That's how little I know is, it. I don't know if this was ever really true. I don't know if this was ever really gonna be a thing that happens, but Jeffrey Combs said that it was... They were talking about it. He heard this is true. Manny Cotto, may rest in peace, he said that this was gonna be a thing, but... The idea of, like, if they had done, like, a season five, Shran would have become a regular character and joined the... I don't know if they actually, like, had that in the budget to, like, add, like, another regular and, okay, we're going to pay Jeffrey Combs for 22 episodes next year. I don't know if that, like, if that was ever actually going to be, like, in consideration, but they say it was, so... So, damn it, I, I wish I had, like, a season five of Enterprise so we could have had that, but that would there's still, like, a lot of good Shran content, but Probably yeah. be dope, I don't know. I guess I'll find out. But yeah, and we can we can talk more about that like later in the in the show if we wanna if we wanna tease twenty twenty four and things to come. Maybe we'll save that for the end. But uh but yeah, like twenty 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 three before we uh you know this, this remaining a uh, few few days, I guess this remaining couple of weeks we have this year, we can we can look back at uh the year of what? We had Picard season three, Lower Decks season four no, I skipped Strange New World season two, and then Lower Decks season four, as well as like some other stuff, but I guess if we just each want to kind of just say kind of our how we were feeling about the Star Trek franchise overall after the last uh, 12 months, uh, Brandy, do you want to uh, go first? And it was kind of like your your Star Trek of 2023 experience. Do you feel it's a it was a was it a good year? Was it a middling year? What was, you know, I think it was overall a good year. Um, I have a um, rocky history with Star Trek Picard. Mm-hmm. I spent half of season one hating Jurati, and then finally when I start to understand and appreciate her and then they do her dirty in season two and I will never forgive them for season two all of season two I hated it and because I knew once they went back in time I'm like you are going to spend the rest of the season in 2020 whatever aren't you you are you are you weren't you weren't loving the time travel. Some people were like, "Yeah, no! Star, Star Trek time travel." I hated it. That is not the story I wanted. But anyway, so and, and season three was basically the thing that they said that they weren't going to do, and it was Star Trek: The Next Generation reunion. And that's you know, it's okay. It's okay with me. It really is. I I enjoyed most of it. And oh my God, they gave a Shaw. They gave a Shaw. So they win season three because of Shaw. For me, I mean, yes, I love Seven of Nine being on, uh, being a, a first officer, and all the I love all of those things. But Shaw is such a gift, and that they killed him, it makes me feel very unhappy, very, very unhappy that they did. They gave that. you a gift, then took it away. They did. 
Well, it was like the gift was a delicious pie, but the pie had poison in it. Yeah, I know. I know. And it it also gave us the wonderful gift of Ed Spillers. So um, season three, although it may have been a bit uneven at times, I think that overall it was strong. Um, Strange New World. Ed Spillers, is that um, uh, that the guy who played Picard's son? Jack Jack Crusher, yeah. Jack Crusher, yeah. I could just say his name for a second. That's okay. Um, season, uh, Season two of Strange New Worlds was great until the final episode. Don't get me started on that, or we will be here all day. Uh, and, well, I, I've got to know. That just was the like, only one I didn't like. What was, was, was the, what was like broadly? Was there was there like just one sort of focus? I mean, maybe a lot of things, but like what was what was the main reason you didn't like it? I don't like season ending cliffhangers. The oh. time for that is past. It is a poor way of telling a story, and it makes me so angry that they resorted to this, and they were excited about it. Oh, we brought back the season-ending cliffhanger. This is not best of both worlds, my friend. <laughs> this is not that time anymore. That is ju- it's just a lazy way to build storytelling. And honestly, what's going to happen at the beginning of next season? You have two choices. You have two choices, okay? You die or you run. Those are your two choices. There's nothing else you can do. <laughs> what kind of resolution is there going to be? It's going to be one of those two things. Okay, sorry. I get really, really <laughs> upset. That's all right. I wanted to know, <laughs> and you, you told me, and then now we know. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's something that I've just never liked. I feel like, I you know, if you want to, like, okay, so like Lower Deck Season 2, was it? When... um captain freeman is arrested at the end of it and that's kind Mm -hmm. of a cliffhanger right that wasn't the same kind of cliffhanger it's not like they stopped in the middle of the episode and did to be continued they resolved that story and then they started a teaser for the next season and i appreciated that kind of cliffhanger but this whole stopping in the middle of the action crap mm -mm, no no i don't i think the uh the box office results from like Avengers Endgame show that like most audiences are very okay with the with the cliffhangers, but I there's definitely a lot of people who who definitely share your frustrations with them. Yeah, well, it's it's um, I don't I don't like this trend in movies too with the cliffhangers. Now with Avengers, it didn't bother me so much because I knew that that was too big of a story to tell in one movie, and so I was expecting a cliffhanger. But you know, it's just weird to me. I don't know if you did the uh, last Spider-Verse movie. Yes, I um, did. Yeah, and I um, I think at this point we're far enough away from it to say just that there's a cliffhanger ending to it. Um, and I, the audience I was in, oh, there was like... Oh, people love that too. There was some booze in, in yeah, the audience, I though. I, I, I lost interest with it. I was like, I don't care what had the third movie. I'm like, I'm not... I, like, I have zero desire to see it now. I'm like... <laughs> That that was one that where they lost me. Like I'm yeah, I'm checked well, out of that. I was not the best audience for that movie anyway because the like the humor was a little much for me. But most people I know were actually still they're pretty hyped for it. So I, I, I but guess yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people. Yes, I was I was startled. But I mean I I felt the cliffhanger coming because I'm like looking at my watch and thinking, oh, okay, yeah. we're over two hours now and I don't think we're going to get a full resolution here. And I was actually okay with it because Miles Morales is my favorite Spider-Man. And I actually got to meet um, Shamik Moore a few, mm-hmm. a few months ago when we had our nerd convention. And uh, so I got to tell him all the wonderful things that I thought about him and his nice. work and also for voicing Miles. And uh, I may have cried. And Aww. so I'm sure that it was really funny for him and so that he could tell his friends about this white lady that cried at him. <laughs> 
fan convention but he was so hey. nice and, and i said all these nice things and he just looked at me for a second and he said wow i really need to learn how to take a compliment <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be difficult. But I'm I'm happy when people like within their lifetimes do get to know, you know, that they were their work was appreciated, their art was appreciated. Yeah. So. Within yeah. their laugh, lifetimes, they, they don't they don't have yeah. they don't have to be like the the Van, Van Gogh. Gogh. They don't have to, of, <laughs> you know, of, of voicing of voicing Marvel characters of like I never <laughs> I never knew my work was appreciated. Yeah, that would be tragic. Well, that's the thing. Voice actors are the unsung heroes, man. They do not get the pay or the credit that they truly deserve because they have one thing to communicate everything, and that is their voice. That is all they have that that they get to communicate. And the voice is possibly one of the most, if not the most important thing, because you can have bad facial expressions and stuff like that. But if you have a lackluster vocal performance, you ruin the whole thing, man. It's true. Well, Brandy, what about uh, – so they, they, they pissed you off with the end of Strange New Worlds. But then yep. the, 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 we had like a, a season of Lower Decks after that. So Yes, which I enjoyed immensely. I I adore Lower Decks with every fiber of my being. And I had a really good time. That's your favorite, time. right? Of all the – of the. I wouldn't no, say not my... that we have to. It's not a competition. We don't have to. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to pick favorites. But I, I, I would, I would say it's probably the strongest season of Star Trek for this year for me. It's simply my opinion because uh, it it never let me down and it, it gave me moopsie. Y'all <laughs> gave me moopsie. So um, and you know I you know I love Boeing's. You guys know this already if you've seen any of the or heard any of the other text tricks that i was on when we talked about lower decks i'm a huge boimler fan so um so yeah that was probably the strongest season for me um it it could have been strange new worlds but they had an episode i think it was among the lotus eaters that was just kind of yeah that was that was was quite the speed bump i I misspoke earlier i said the finale is the only one i i didn't like i didn't I didn't dislike Among the Lotus Eaters, but I, right, I didn't same. like it either. I was just very met on it. But all all the other mm. ones I I liked, except for and then the one I disliked at the end. But yeah, it's uh, but they gave me live action Boimler, so they get high marks for that. And also, you know, they gave me a musical episode, which I am still listening to that soundtrack at least weekly. I know all of the songs by heart now. Um, but that last episode really dragged it down for me. So. So my favorite of the se- of of this year would be, as far as the season, it would be Lower Decks. And then, uh, were there any other you know particular uh, highlights or low points? Just with I don't know with any of the the crazy news around Prodigy or like any like comics or oh. books that came out that were like that really stood out or yeah um, the the whole Prodigy thing that was oh that made me super angry big black mark against you Paramount Plus stupid bean counters and uh wasn't really all that fond of very short tricks did not find them amusing or entertaining for the most part um found some of them a little bit offensive actually Mm. (laughs) but uh and the comics the comics are just you know we're living in a golden age of star trek comics right now because there are just so many and it's amazing and i'm behind on them and i need to catch up um, but luckily I will be catching up this coming year because I am going to be doing some comic book reviews with Dan Gunther on his, uh, show Positively Trek. So 
we'll be uh, playing with those in the uh, book club episodes coming up. That's awesome. I love uh, I love when sort of underrepresented, um, not just Trek, anything, but like, but for us, Trek, uh, Trek stuff gets a, gets a little spotlight. Uh, those yeah. those creators, you know, you were talking about voice actors being under underappreciated and those comic guys are doing some amazing work and uh uh they they deserve some spotlight yeah and people can Agreed. can buy those those comics at a uh, rogues gallery comics and games in round rock texas right it's a thing um but also um uh, i i uh, aaron in the uh, is working on doing covers uh periodically for for idw2 so our own uh, geek filter aaron uh doing doing yeah. awesome work yeah, so the more the more comics that get sold, the more the more variant covers that IDW is going to be asking Aaron for. So support support the Star Trek. Comic I need Aaron to books. do an interior some interior art. I don't know where he stands on it, but uh, but Aaron, I'm i want it. Yeah. Yeah, something something TAS. Yeah. I, yeah. I I will say too, just comics in general. I don't think people really realize um, this is not kids stuff. For the most part, yes, there are comic books geared towards children, but comic books in general uh, of every genre are telling really fantastic and amazing stories, and they should get more attention than they do. And that's not just in Trek, and it's not just in Marvel, it's not just in DC. There are so many things out there that just aren't in the public consciousness and uh you know just just go to your local comic store and start looking around because there is so much there i'll second this obviously <laughs> <laughs> as well you should sir as well you should well uh, if you don't have anything else for uh star trek in in 2023 i guess i'll just kind of say my uh my my hot take on on the year looking mm -hmm. back but it was i i do feel like less I'm just like beat up and worn out at the end of this year than I think at like the end of of last year. There is uh, there is a lot more content in in 2022 than 2023. We actually had I, I think 50 episodes within uh, within the the 52 weeks of of 2022 because there there is like some overlap. You know, we were getting like season two of Picard at the same time as season four of Discovery and and stuff like that and then oh they put like uh a picard and strange new worlds they, they they yeah they had like a finale and a premiere the same week it was it was a lot of work um covering all that but uh but but we did it we we covered all of that and we and dave and i we were still like working our way through ds9 too in 2022 so so 2023 was like it was a bit more manageable we uh we still like of only like we took i guess like just our show with text track. Like we took like four weeks off, but I feel like that kind of doesn't count because two of those, two of those weeks, uh, Rachel and Aaron were, were doing streams anyways. And then we, we did like, t we had to like double up on our, on our podcast distribution. Cause we had, a uh, you know, some great opportunities like Ira, Stephen bear agreeing to an interview. So we had to, had to put that out there. And we also had a, you know, a surprise musical being released in, in the middle of a season. So we're like, oh, we're going to have to like, just like find a way to like cover an extra episode. And it, right when, when, uh, Fathery and Rachel are like, uh, about to, uh, to go to Vegas for STLV. So, you know, the, the timing on a lot of that stuff, it, like, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily feel like we, uh, we had f four weeks off, but I guess, uh, it, it was, Fathery, just, there was some day we were recording something at like, what, 
9 a.m., 10 a.m., something like that. It was it was. Oh, that was. Uh, yeah, that was when I was I was going for the to the Star Trek cruise and we were like pre-recording our Picard coverage. Yep. But it all, it all worked out. You know, we we covered everything and uh, I I had a great time with with the shows, with the content that we got. Picard season three was a lot of fun. Even though, like Dave and I were kind of we I felt, felt like we were like the only two people who weren't on board at the beginning of the season. Sure. And then I turned around pretty quick. Like, I think episode two, I was turned around. It took Dave, like, a little bit longer to get convinced. But we we ended up both, like, pretty happy with how things ended. Not perfect, but pretty good. And I had a a really good time with Strange New Worlds. It's uh, been my uh, favorite of the the modern uh, shows. And so I was happy to see it back. And like I said, like, I I liked uh, all of it except for, uh, you know, two episodes in there. So... Eight out of ten is pretty good. That's a solid B. You know, I was never an A student, so who am I to judge? <laughs> and then I had a I had a great time with uh with with Lower Decks as well, and with the collaboration we did with uh, with Aaron and and Drawn to Trek and the uh, the people over at the uh, Trek Geeks Network. So uh, it was that was fun just getting to uh, hopefully uh, expose the uh, the text Trek uh, audience and get some other listeners. So. Uh, all in all, I I feel like uh pretty pretty good in terms of like the I guess the content we're getting. I guess the, there's just some concern I suppose with the streaming industry as a whole. With you know, their shows aren't getting like the big budgets they were a few years ago for you know several reasons. A lot of people have, have discussed over the last few months, but uh, but yeah, so we we might be looking at like you know the fifty new episodes a year. That might that might just be a an anomaly of 2022 that's not going to be repeated, which in, in some ways makes life easier. Uh, in By other the way, ways, Trek, Trek loves anomalies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're always picking them up when there's not new star Trek coming out. I kind of panic because then I'm like, Oh my God, what do I like base my content around? And you know, if I'm not like doing the show every week, then what, like I need, like, it gets just easier if I just have like one thing to just stress about and make like my whole week about. And you know, I can, I can focus like all my energy into like doing this one thing and then feel good when it's done. So, you know, when there's like a new episode of Star Trek every week, it's a lot easier to, you know, plan our content. But, uh, but yeah, just, you know, Prodigy being taken away from us. No one liked that. Um, it's good news that we were getting it back, but that was, uh, that was not fun. And then the strikes weren't fun. So we're going to have a less Trek next year, largely because of the, the strikes of this year, but you know, we we had what so there's thirty new episodes this year twenty twenty were live action and then ten were uh, animated I think next year we're gonna get ten live action episodes with the final season of Discovery and then you know ten animated Lower Decks and then ten or twenty animated Prodigies so about like the same amount next year as we get this year maybe like a little bit less but. You know, it'll still be like a still, like we'll still be able to do like a show like this next year and be like we can talk about like all of this content we got this year. So, I I, I guess it's just like it's a little I don't want to say like pessimistic, but it's like it's not as it doesn't feel like we're uh, the embarrassment of riches of just like everything's getting green lit. You know, five shows is like nonstop. They, they, it, like a year ago, like they were still talking about like making like another Kelvin movie. So they I think they might finally be giving up on that. I think they're gonna try to do something different in in the movies going forward. Uh, I still think we'll see Chris Pine as Kirk someday. I might be in 20 years, might be in two years. I don't know. But if I've learned anything over like just movies and TV shows of the last two decades, it's uh, nothing that like previously existed can be 
left alone. It, everything will eventually get like sequels, prequels, spinoffs, reboots, remakes. So there there will be like more Kelvin Star Trek someday. Some time for someone a, will do uh, it. It's time for uh, already a preview, a prequel to the Section Thirty One show that hasn't been made. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure someone is pitching ideas. Uh, Dave, what about what about you? Is this kind of your overall just impressions of Star Trek after the the last year after 2023? You know, Father, I actually I think I I like it better when we're not in the embarrassment of riches era, uh, because when there's that much content, uh, it's just there's always. I'm just waiting for diminishing returns uh, to start happening. And so so I kind of liked having a slightly smaller year in some ways, but not the anxiety of like losing Prodigy or thinking we were going to lose Prodigy, obviously. And this the strikes pressure on all of this. Uh, we, we, this is the year we found out that Discovery is, is coming to an end, too, right? Yeah, they announced um, that back in uh, back in February. When I was on the Star Trek crew, I was like on the ship with like Doug Jones mm-hmm. when they announced that. And I was, oh, <laughs> that's that's kind of too bad. I mean, I was I, like I, I was like in the same room with them, but we like yeah. I, I mean, I guess he probably knew. So um, he he said someone like called him that morning to like you know. Tell oh him. wow! Just that morning. Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of intense. But uh, but yeah, like the, the so there was like the Trek anxiety stuff that I feel like from Prodigy, the strikes, and. And finding that they're like we're gonna like yeah tighten up on budgets that Discovery was being you know shortened to five seasons, uh, which which I think is could 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 be good for that show which has always been kind of hit and miss for me but still those that was kind of the rougher side of it. Uh, what we actually got or what I watched the Strange New World stuff and Picard I was really quite happy with in the end uh, despite some always a little bit of a roller coaster with Picard I kind of do think that maybe this is the season that they should have just done from the beginning you know I like uh, Raffi and I like some of the other stuff they did uh, along the way I, I I kind of enjoyed those journeys but this was like a big old crowd pleaser nostalgia fest you know, felt like, you know, the kind of stuff they do in the movies, um, but like better than the Kelvin movies for me, um, uh, kind of good time. Like you said, I did not like it right out of the gate, though. Uh, I remember I, I didn't I, I did not like Captain Shaw in the first one uh, in the first episode. He was just. Too oh, abrasive. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, forgot I, I was just that. like, he's cartoonishly abrasive. It's too much. I needed to at least see some other side of him, I think, and uh, the second episode started texturing it in, and then I was like, okay, uh, well, I can I can work with some of that. Uh, and you know, you remember Fathery? We were like, oh god, Picard has a son, just like Kirk had a son. Um, yeah, Jeff was... Crusher is going to be, you know, David. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to see David. David Marcus, the next generation, is what I kept. I, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, if Picard and Crusher have a secret love child, I'm gonna hate this season. And I, <laughs> I, they did, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> right. And so the thing that that for me is that I, I think a combination of uh, all those actors in one place. I know some of it was nostalgia, but I also think the the writers I think were giving them good material to work with for a kind of crowd pleaser style not as in-depth as i would like you know my favorite trek is a little bit more in-depth but on the crowd pleaser style i thought it really came through and i loved like zen wharf and uh jack ended up being a really good character um shaw obviously ended up being a great character um you know uh i i, I still you know uh kind of like get emotional thinking about uh ro laren's last moments uh data you know f- you know fighting lore in his mind 
Um, and even some of the stuff like with uh, with Troy and, and Riker together. So so that was like so it, like it made an emotional experience for me. And that's why I can look past the, a lot of the flaws, because I think if you if you look at it kind of like um, fairly objectively, then, you know, you know, it's uh, another Borg thing, which they've done some representation of the Borg in every season of Picard. Is that right? Mm hmm. Yeah, changeling infiltrators is not like itself like a great idea. We've seen it before. Um, Beverly's disappearance from everybody's lives and kind of her secret cover up felt like something that they really had to stretch to explain. But I ultimately thought that those scenes came through for me, and so I, I actually ended up very happy with it. It kind of it won me over on an emotional level, and and I um, I felt like you know felt that warmth of old TNG uh, with it. So then uh, we come along to Strange New Worlds, and the the weirdest thing for me about that was that uh, it was um, a low Christopher Pike season. Um, it was, you know, we 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 would learn that uh, Anson Mount, wait, Anson Mount, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, was uh, he had a he had a kid, and they had arranged, you know, to sort of minimize his presence in some episodes so that um, so he could, you know be be with his newborn son daughter 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 um and uh and that's by the way very cool of him i pre- i think i dig that um but I, and i feel like people made such a big deal out of that but he i feel like he really wasn't like that absent compared to season one they just kind of front-loaded the uh the pike light episodes near like the front of the season right it, it may be sort of like a psychological trick but it did seem like he was a bit more in the background uh in general and and you know uh, that was another one where like the first episode i was not on not super on board i didn't like that uh, you know spock stealing the enterprise felt like a little bit old hat as far as this franchise goes that was one of my the ones i liked the least of the season but i, I still had fun with it but yeah it was a uh... And then they it did the some thing dumb with stuff too. Uh, Mbenga and Chapel doing their, uh, yeah. you know, getting uh, ramped up on steroids and kicking ass, which felt weirdly non-Trekky to me. But they would later expand on it throughout the season and, and a, you know, and add a lot of depth to it. So that kind of paved over that criticism. And the second episode out was the big courtroom episode. That was that was a, one of my favorite episodes of the whole season. Um uh, at Astra Aspera, right? Per, per Aspera, yeah. Uh, great spotlight on uh, number one. Leon got to do her thing, uh, and and like I, I felt like had a had a lot of nuance added to her. Kurt got to get his uh, moment to kind of shine. You know, crossover episode and musical for me are like peak Trek kind of uh, happy episodes, and. Um, I um uh <laughs> I didn't mind the cliffhanger. I was mostly happy because I felt like that my biggest criticism of the Gorn was that just that they were these kind of monolithic monsters and I wanted something added to them to 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 feel more Star Trekky and give some nuance to them and say, hey, they're not just evil monsters who need to be, I don't know, genocided or something. Um and so them at least broaching the possibility of some kind of biological drives that make them do what they do. I was happy to hear that. I was happy that it didn't look like Captain Battelle is going to get offed, I don't think. Um, so, uh, so We're overall... We're going to switcheroo and kill Ortegas instead in the season I mean, three premiere. It's possible. Um, I forget who, who it was in our audience, but who was saying, maybe it was like 
was it was it Jill or um, somebody was saying they're basically they're worried about all the original characters on it. You know? <laughs> they are they are all potentially on the hit list. Anyone not Battelle, who is <laughs> not in the original series. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Battelle's safe necessarily. Um, I don't either. Just, they just. I think she is. I think they've drawn it out like it. It'll feel too predictable if they kill her now. Uh, you know. I still feel like there's like swerves within swerves that people sometimes like do where it's like, oh, we saved her and then her ship blows up or something. You know, like it's there's I, I won't uh, I, I need to, to get through that first episode or two and know before I know it. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm leaning towards she's probably going to be OK. So anyway, and I don't watch Lower Decks. Don't hate me. Um, so I didn't I don't have any opinions on that other than that. I did love the crossover. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, the, I like them in live action. The rapid fire gags and stuff somehow just don't hit me um, when I'm watching it on um, when I when I watch the show, uh, the animated show itself. So I have uh, no opinions on the thing that I know for a lot of people is a favorite. But um, yeah, I feel like ultimately Picard came through against odds and Strange New Worlds after a somewhat rough start uh, ended up being pretty satisfying for me. Sometimes incredibly satisfying. And we can remind people who might not know, but you and I, we've both, we've, we've been like pretty big fans of Strange New Worlds, but we don't like the Gorn, the way that they've handled right. the Gorn. Right. My one real serious criticism is that I kind of hate the, the Gorn. My, my only two complaints of season one of Strange New Worlds is I did not like the Gorn, and I also did not like the way that the show depicted James Kirk. After season two, I now love the way that the show handles Kirk. I think that they have a, a, a great grasp on that character, and I'm looking forward to seeing more Kirk in season three. But I still don't like what they do with the with the Gorn. But that was there was only one Gorny episode, so uh, I'm I, I still am enjoying the show. I don't know if I'll, I probably I, I assume I'm going to hate the season three premiere because I really dislike the Gorn. But you know I'm still looking forward to giving season three a shot whenever whenever I eventually whenever they're finally able to you know get that shot and made and everything in 2025 or whatever we're actually sitting down to watch it. So um, what else what else we got, Father? Well, I guess uh, some some of the like big events of the year. Uh, I it's always sad to like talk about this, but you know, like a big franchise that's been around for as many decades as Star Trek. Uh, we like we're always going to be losing people. Uh, people, there's been people working on Star Trek since the '60s. Sure, but either, I guess like the two big prominent deaths uh, this year were uh, Annie Wershing, our new Borg queen, who uh, died of. Uh, she had, uh, I guess, been struggling with cancer for a while and was sick when she did, like, all the, the Queen stuff they shot in Season 2. Um, and, and she passed away on January 29th of this year, right before Picard Season 3 premiered. So they had, like, that dedication to her in, in the uh, the first episode. But she she made her first Star Trek appearance on Star Trek Enterprise. You know, speaking of, like, mm. things Dave and I will be doing in 2024, though, she, she first showed up in a Season 2 episode on Enterprise as a different character and... The the other death is also an Enterprise one. Uh, Manny Cotto, who uh, joined the Star Trek Enterprise writers' room in season three, which a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's like the season when like that show started getting really good." And then he became the showrunner. He was in charge of season four, and this I like. I think that's one of like the best seasons of Trek ever made. Uh, great dude. I always hoped that uh, you know he was a young enough writer. I always 
thought like he would be a great guy for one of these new shows to reach out to, uh, you know, get him involved. He was someone who I also thought like when I started making Star Trek content a few years ago, like, oh, Manny Cotto, he's, he's probably, a, I, could, I, I could probably like someday like sit down and interview him. I have so many questions I'd love to ask him about Star Trek Enterprise. I, I, I wish that he had done more interviews and stuff. I kind of wish that there was more stuff like on the record that he had been talked to a bit more. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we lost uh, both Annie Wershing and Manny Cotto. I I never saw Manny Cotto at a convention, but I did I did see Annie Wershing at uh, Star Trek Mission in Chicago, and uh, I th- I think she was also in Vegas in uh, last year. Both the, both those conventions in 2022. But yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on either of those two, uh, Annie Wershing or Manny Cotto. You know, I don't feel like I I don't uh, delve deep enough into Trek fandom to sort of forge the connections that uh, that a lot of y'all do at conventions and things and you know i uh, a part of me sort of wishes i did that but it's just kind of not where my how my fandom works and um uh so i'm i'm, I'm glad you got to have those experiences fathery i think that's that's uh, really cool and i'm looking forward to that enterprise season four <laughs> i i feel like i'm gonna have to do some trudging possibly to get there um but uh i'm, I'm willing to do it yeah, that's, that's a bit how, I guess, that's how I feel when I watch Enterprise. I'm just, like, looking forward to season four the whole time, but then when I get there, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, like, I'll be excited just to sort of learn learn a lot of Trek lore that's uh, that I don't know. You know, Trek, Trek uh, Enterprise has been getting a little bit of love from, like, Lower Decks and stuff, right? Yeah, and Strange New Worlds reference. Because, I mean, it's that's kind of right, like the, yeah. It's the only one that takes place before it i guess other than the two seasons of discovery so it's it's easy for them to reference you know they they can't reference you know voyager next generation or any anything right. else so well what i don't understand is how boimler can have a mirror universe archer action figure because uh for there's been several ferengi have gone to the mirror universe <laughs> right probably- right so I, I, I I'm sure like that. when Zek and Quark came back, they were like one of them, maybe both of them were like selling like the oh I, you want like a variant Archer like we we got one we went to that alternate universe so so you better believe we found ways to monetize that. Do you yeah. think that they were accurate with the the lore and the look of it? Uh, I was, they got uh, the look right, so oh, that's they, all they, they got the look right. Yeah, that's all well, they that's, care uh, about. That's some nice craftsmanship for their product. I, good job, guys. Good job, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that um, it broke my heart when I heard that Annie Wershing had passed away because I've seen her in a million things over the years. And, uh, you know, I was originally born a redhead. I know you can't tell that now, but um, because my hair is now going through, uh, I've entered the Terrigen mists. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> Did, I used to have like, really dark hair. Did, uh, didn't you used to have like it was like jet black at one point right or did i imagine I, I, that? that's there's a there's a story behind that um but uh long story short i had i started coloring my hair when i was in my teens because it started going this ash color and i wanted to maintain my red hair and so then after a while i got creative and it had been a few other colors there was some black in it there was some blonde in it and there was like two or three different shades of red and it was weird, but after a while, I really started to enjoy it. And then I just got so tired of the maintenance. I'm like, screw this. And my hair uh, stylist, she just said, you know what? You've got all this beautiful silver in your regrowth. Why don't we just grow it out? And I'll help you with some of the, you know, we bleach some things out. And it took me a couple of years, but this, this is all natural. This is how my hair comes out of my head now. <laughs> but it, your, your 
your gingerness did that that was like a bond for you and uh annie that uh, I, i'm always a sucker pushing. for a redhead yeah i it, male or female i'm a sucker for mm -hmm. a redhead because we have been persecuted all our lives and, and if you've uh, got the comics gene in you there's only about a million awesome redheads in comics from mary jane to phoenix and all the rest a couple you know just a couple yeah. <laughs> not not big representation there at all yes so yeah but yeah i was and also it just it's one of those things that just break my heart because i'm like she's younger than i am mm. she was younger than i am yeah, yeah. I, don't like, oh. I don't like that at all like a couple months shy of her 46th birthday i believe yeah mm. yeah it's just it yeah that's brutal me. she had two two children i believe mm -hmm. yeah and it just it just broke my heart and I'm just, you know, I lost my father to cancer, and so f cancer, y'all, because it sucks. Yeah, sure. I guess we've all, right. all three of us have lost a, a parent to cancer. It's true. Um, it sucks, man, and it just it hurts me when when someone dies that young of anything, but especially of cancer. Yeah. I cried yeah, over really, Chadwick really Boseman when he passed away too. It's just, yeah. Oh well, those are those are both very similar in that you know, these people were were big fans of you know Star Trek, Black Panther, you know these huge things, and they chose you know not to share that with the public. So it just it it hit so many people when it mm -hmm. when it hits, you know, it's just yeah. it, like kind of a shockwave I goes hope off. That behind the scenes that they had good support and family and friends who were you know looped in who could know about it, um, so that they you know didn't feel that weight. Uh, you know that there was some easing of their burden, but I, I guess I don't. I don't know that. Well, I I do believe that um, that Chadwick definitely had a good support system with his family, his kids, his friends, and his co-stars. I mean, everybody um, from the Marvel universe when he was in, you know, the Avengers movies. Um, I know that they were all really s surrounding him with love and and support. So. He had that. Annie, I'm sure that she had a lot of support from her family and friends. I can't imagine otherwise. And I, I can understand why they didn't, why both of them didn't publicize those battles. Because it was already hard enough to go through it. But to go through it under a magnifying glass? No. No. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read this comment from our live audience from a DT who says... I think Annie said at Mission Chicago that it was her first Trek con and that she was glad that she went through with it, knowing what we know now and how exhausting it must have been. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that she was there. It looked like she was enjoying. You wouldn't believe it was someone with, you know, terminal cancer. She was she was living it up. She had like a little like a green like crown on her. It's like oh, she's wearing like a crown because she's the Borg Queen. So it's like she was yeah. she had like this little crown on her head and um, that's cool. You know, I, 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 yeah, I hope that was, you know, that that outpouring of fan love was was something that she was able to really process and feel. Uh, that's that's why I say I always hope that these people get to to know that they're beloved before they pass, because yeah. it doesn't always happen. Yeah, it's a, it's she, a she lucky did. thing. Uh, not not to make it sound like it was all like doom and gloom in 2023, but yeah, that was you know it's always rough uh, losing people. But we we still have like three uh, of the original series of. Out of the you know the big seven of that started this whole thing, we still have a uh, Walter George and and Bill Shatner all made it through another year. So that's I you know this you know when you, after you get like your late eighties, early nineties like them, I think just like every every year is kind of a hell of an accomplishment. So Father, I oh, think some people kind of want 
Shatner to step off <laughs> the mortal coil. Yeah, I can, uh, I can have a little dark humor here. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm hopefully he next might bring year, it upon um, himself. He might bring it upon himself. Best case scenario is like next year. We're saying like, look, all three of them made it through uh, another year, and uh, boy, howdy, Shatner sure has you know turned over a, a new leaf at the you know ripe old age of ninety two, and he's he's just really impressed everyone with how how great he's been this year. So. <laughs> You know, I'll say this. I remember his. I think was this the year that he went up in the the shuttle, or was that last? No, that year? was that was twenty twenty two. I guess it's been okay. A, and he had some interesting year. observations that were, you know, I think you know were important towards you know environmental concerns and uh, uh, whatever I might you might say of the man who clearly has weaknesses. I think that observation coming from someone as prominent as him is was a good thing, if a little bit dark. Because he was basically like, space is not the kind of cool thing that it was on our show. We're mm. not there. He's like, it is an empty and un- unhappy place. And he's like, our home on Earth is what we've got, and we need to take better care of it. And I think that's that's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's kind of a jackass, but he says like profound stuff sometimes. Sure. Sometimes. So I don't know. I I don't know where Brandy, where you fall on on Shatner, but I I think he's just kind of a jerk. I don't think he's like evil or anything. He's full of himself. That is for sure. Very much. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he is not. Um, he. But, but okay. So is Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is better at like not showing that side to the public. But yeah, exactly. But the, the thing is, um, my my younger sister, who is a cosplayer uh, with her husband, um, they do lots of Star Wars stuff. Uh, she has had her own dealings with uh, the ego of Shatner, mm. which basically he decided when he was at FanX, which is our nerd convention here in Utah, that uh, he needed a, a bigger dressing room. And he basically commandeered the dressing room for the 501st and the Rebel Legion. So they had nowhere to put on their costumes after that. Did he need that entire room? No, that he is did not. That is such a typical Shatner story that aligns with like every everything Everything. i've ever heard about him so basically i have i have never been a shatner fan even as a very young child watching star trek the original series i did not like shatner as kirk kirk as a character yeah but um you know he's okay but i was always a spock girl let's be honest but Did, did you like um on strange new worlds how are you liking kirk there you know um I couldn't judge by the season finale of season one because that was an alternate reality. You know, that sure, was something sure. that wasn't real. So I wait. I was waiting for season two because I knew we were going to get mm. more uh, Jim Kirk, and uh, and I was really impressed actually. And I really love Paul's interpretation. Yeah, of... Paul, Paul Wesley was was great in that. Yeah, was episode three. Um... Yes, magnificent. He was magnificent. That's my, that's my favorite said, episode again, of the show of Strange yeah, New but, Worlds. But again, that was a, an alternate reality, Jim Kirk. And so it wasn't until a yeah. few episodes later that we got actual Jim Kirk. And he brought it. He brought it. And I'm really just very excited uh, at his interpretation of the character. And I feel like he's made it his own, but also is paying homage to what has come before. Not, I mean, it's like a little bit little bit Shatner and it's a little bit Chris Pine but it's not it's it's still it's still Paul's interpretation of it and I just uh, I can't wait to see what he does next yeah when I watch Paul Wesley as Kirk I can totally buy it as a younger version of when I when I watch Shatner as as and I think Shatner's performance as Kirk is brilliant and the reason why the 
franchise became like the because of what Shatner and Nimoy were both doing. Um, but uh, I I can when I watched the season two or I'm sorry the season one finale, and we got like the alt timeline Kirk there. Uh, Paul Wesley's performance like now I I see oh he was intentionally playing it very like he was underplayed everything's extremely subdued i thought he was just like delivering a bland performance i like i didn't realize it was like oh they're just like intentionally like and they probably could have handled that better but like they were intentionally just like oh he's everything's gonna be like super dialed down and then when we turn on the charm in season two you know it's gonna hit harder was you know clearly what they were thinking but i just needed to see that fully realized because i was i was very concerned i was like is this guy going to be on the show a lot i am not i don't know i don't know if i'm going to be able to work with this but i i i ate crow people can check the tape people can go back and, and listen to it dave and i covered it and i was like i i am so sorry i ever doubted you paul wesley you're a beautiful captain kirk and i like i said i can't wait to see more in season three I, I felt like I was the odd man out because I uh, was I liked his season finale one because I I felt like I saw in it a reflection of Kirk in his you know William Shatner's Kirk from the original series in his kind of more subdued moments um you know as Kirk the tactician uh, or Kirk when sort of scenes are a little bit darker and 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 I felt like he was he was bringing something to that so. Um, uh, but you remember, Father, my when we did our what we want to see in season two of Strange New Worlds, I think my number one thing is I wanted to uh, I wanted the real Kirk. Um, I wanted Kirk, who was not just a the caricature of him, the womanizer, the punch or screw everything in sight. Uh, but the the one that Shatner did show on the yeah. original series, who very high on empathy, looking for the peaceful solution. The guy who believed Uhura when Uhura was like stressed out at the bar, like, oh my god, I'm going crazy. And then like the stranger like is like, oh, I'm I just showed up and I I can help you. And yeah, he was yep, just, like totally yep. he was totally and, he was like, oh yeah, it's a young Kirk. This is a pre-captain Kirk. And who is also thinking a few moves ahead of most people, um and is a little bit full of himself. I've actually loved his scenes with uh Sam in season two. <laughs> I like Sam too. Um, and I feel yeah. like they were the right mixture for to kind of show this brotherly affection and uh, and fighting uh, of like uh, I, I thought they hit a good uh, balance with that. Um, I'm still hoping that they will in some way find a way to essentially eulogize Sam by doing like a little flash forward or something since since TOS never did it. But now they've got Paul Wesley, they could do it. Um, and I, I don't know how you would work it in story wise, but I think there's lots of ways uh, clever writers could where you would flash forward to it whenever he leaves the show, say, and uh, and show show Kirk uh, some some moments afterward uh, where, where he's processing his death or something like that. I think that'd be the coolest thing. Well, I guess the, the sad part of 2023 was like, learning about like the cancellation of Discovery and it was like the actual like final season of Picard. So Picard is gone. Even like the people running that show were desperately like, oh, let's just like keep this going and do like a Star Trek legacy show. But, you know, that that is uh, going to be a, a far off future decision if there's like any continuation um, not happening soon. But, uh, oh, and then, like, the weird thing with Prodigy, with, like, it was, like, deleted from Paramount Plus and didn't have a home, and now, it, like, it has a home, and they're, now, it, like, maybe it could be a season three, but who knows if that'll happen, when that'll happen, whatever. But the uh, the things that, that got greenlit that, that we know are coming, that, uh, you know, new additions to the franchise that we can talk about now that were announced this year, the, uh, the Section 31 movie with a show that got, I guess, either promoted or demoted from a show to a movie – and the uh, the Starfleet Academy 
show, which uh, has res- they've resumed development on on that Academy show. Now, they, they still have to do like a lot of casting. They haven't they haven't announced any casting for that. I guess. Do we know much beyond Tawny Newsom being in the writers' room? No, this is like the people that are like writers and producers on it. So um, they've obviously had to stop work during the strike. And then when the WGA went back to work, they did resume development on that show. And uh, Tawny says they've been writing. And so I expect early 2024. Hell, we might get casting news before the end of the year. We might get some casting news for the Academy show, but that would be now that the, now that the actors aren't striking, they can resume like auditions and negotiations with actors. And and we don't, in addition to not knowing what the casting is, we don't know like what the characters they'd be casting are. Right. Right. So we'll probably we'll probably get actor names first and we may or may not have characters. We might be like so and so has been cast and that might be like all we know. And then then later they'll be like, oh, they're actually playing this character. But there there, there will be a lot on that Academy show in 2024, I think, because um, they're we plan to start shooting. Brandy, are soon. you um, are you into either of those uh, shows, Section 31 or Academy? Yay, nay, were you? Um, I'll watch Michelle Yeoh in any damn thing. I don't care what it is. So if she, yeah, and see, that was my concern is if you're going to do a section 31 show if, and you don't have Michelle Yeoh, I'm not interested, but I would still watch it though. Cause it's Trek. I watch all the Trek, but, but like uh, the concept is not like a, a winner in and of itself for you. It, which... You know, uh, it's not my favorite thing. Clandestine secret agencies within Starfleet. It's not my favorite thing in the world because it's just all very CIA crap. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's not that exciting for me. My least favorite thing of Star Trek of 2020. I can say this with like with total certainty, but the thing mm-hmm. that, and I, there, there aren't a lot of things like I'll say, like I hate, like I, I try to avoid that unless like I really, really mean it. But I, I, I said it earlier, like I hate the Gorn and Strange New Worlds, and that might even be like a little hard. Maybe I should just say like I really, really, really dislike. I borderline do hate the Gorn and, and Strange New Worlds. But the one thing that I can say unapologetically, I full on hate. I despise. It drives me insane. When Worf calls Section Thirty One a critical part of Starfleet intelligence or Starfleet security or whatever he says, like I, I hate that being in the canon. I hate that being in universe. That is that so was not season three, right? Yes, and that, yeah. and I don't want, I don't want that to be the case with like the Section Thirty One movie. I don't want it to be what they've, they've described it as Mission Impossible meets Guardians of the Galaxy, and I don't, I don't want it to be like a defense of. Section thirty. I, if anything, I want to see like Michelle. You don't Yeoh. want it to, to be about, uh, yeah, a defense of uh, those those kind of uh, secret operative teams and stuff. Yeah, no, because I think like actually like the most evil forces in the world are people like the the CIA and and right. MI six and these different like intelligent yeah. agencies over like in the in the twentieth and twenty first centuries have honestly done like more harm than I think anything else. Worf was <laughs> so. supposed to have gone into this zen pacifist uh, realm yeah you know he had a beautiful so beautiful he art. should not be all about this stuff that was like garrick's uh world that one line does so much harm it's really yeah bad. i would love it if they could wriggle out of it but chances are they were just they were go- kind of going with a lot of you know the, the critical side of me about picard can say there's lots of 
kind of tropes and stuff that they fell in on. Like they, they probably shouldn't have done a Death Star run type scene like they did. They did. It was very entertaining. I liked it. It was still cool. Um, but you know, they, there was some stuff that was a little kind of dopey writing in there. And I think they just wanted to, they're like, oh yeah, Worf would support this kind of somehow forgetting that that was not the Worf that they were showing. They were just, oh, this is the Worf as he was in TNG, uh, might've said that. Um, and, and well, it's, yeah, not even, it's not even the thing of like Worf saying this is like, I, I don't want like section 31 to be a thing that like Worf and Riker casually discuss or like it be a thing that like is part of this, like that it's like a known functional part of Starfleet right. and deep space nine. It was depicted as like a weird off the books organization that right. may or may not exist that if any like official channels start like talking about it, like it always gets like shut down mysteriously, but no one really knows exactly who is in section 31 and who isn't. And yeah, it's weird if they just change that by fiat. You know, if they're just like, yeah, that's just what Section 31 is. Now everybody knows about it. It's it's Star Trek CIA. And it, it, it seemed to have started with, like, Star Trek Into Darkness, where, like, which kind of made sense because that was, like, an alternate timeline. And, you know, that was, like, what Marcus was doing over there. And uh, it's all because, oh, the, because the Kelvin blew up and it changed everything and blah, 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 blah. That works. But the, but the weird thing is, like, after that, like, everything they've done in modern Trek has kind of been with like the same thinking of like oh let's just like depict section 31 as like a functional black ops part of starfleet and there there could be like people walking around on the uss discovery with like a black badge that are part of section 31 and stuff like that uh geek filter aaron in the audience says what i know that we have been hoping for father he says since the character seems to want that is michelle yo uh seems to want to dismantle anything she's a part of maybe she'll kill section 31 maybe that was the point of letting her getting her to join i would love it if it was kind of something surprising and subversive like that and we've been rooting for some variant of that since they mentioned it. And I keep saying, you know, I, I Star Trek really had a missed opportunity with the 50th anniversary. I get it. There wasn't anything in production in 2016 other than Star Trek Beyond. So, but hell, that movie could have done, it could have done more to celebrate the 50th, I think. But, you know, we, 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 we're owed a big celebration. We have the 1000th episode of Star Trek coming up in a few years. Do something big and special for the 1000th episode. I can't think of anything that would be like more Star Trek than like, oh, you know who's like the real true enemy of the Star Trek universe? Who like the real big bad, the final boss of it is, is like humanity has to wrestle with its own demons, with its own dark side. With with, it, it turns out like the part of ourselves, that that's bad is like a truly like our, our greatest foe and and you know let's have like some some starfleet heroes take down section 31 once and for all father um that's that was a thematic on tos quite often you know and in the 60s they always although they had this very altruistic or, or um maybe i should say like almost nationalistic and ego, sort of somewhat egotistical but humanistic vibe too where they'd be like oh yes you humans are a destructive species but there's greatness in you that would that's a good through line to have for something like to do. So they they could do it. And I don't way, know that they'll. I don't know that they'll do it with the Section Thirty One movie though. I don't know because, either. Because timey wimey, timey wimey. Yeah. Brandy, uh, what where were, where were you on the uh, uh, the the Starfleet Academy show? At first, I was like, why do I want to watch people go to school? And then. <laughs> I'm too old for that. I don't want to watch people go to school. But then when I heard Tony, there's this Harry Potter franchise that all the bean counters are keenly aware of. (laughs) You know what? I don't want to talk about Harry Potter. Thank you very much. I get you. But but don't don't bring uh, up that turf ass shit, Dave. No one here likes Harry Potter. Listen, everybody in our audience, 90 percent of these people have enjoyed Harry Potter at some time. And and I'm, I'm totally on board the kind of shelving it because of JK. But 
there it it is a genre i mean the whole ya thing grew out of that and that's still still i think going pretty solidly uh in in books and stuff so there's definitely an interest but finish your thought finish your thought i didn't mean to interrupt that's okay um when i heard that they were that tawny newsom was going to be a writer i'm like okay it doesn't matter what this is i'm in i'm in if tawny's involved i'm in doesn't matter so there we are i'm excited that's a cool story of how like she got that job is alex kurtzman was just watching the like all the different takes that they shot on the crossover episode of strange new worlds and just like all the different lines that tawny newsom was ad-libbing and he was like jesus christ like i should hire her as a writer she's all this great great material yeah she was auditioning without knowing it interesting yeah yeah well she's uh strongly trained in improv comedy so it is not a far-fetched thing for her to be able to improv lines and uh, jack quaid has uh improv training as well so if anybody's gonna do additional takes and riffs it's gonna be the two of them yeah that's very cool the the academy show it, it it's going to be they haven't confirmed this but we're all assuming it's going to be like in the discovery future in the 32nd century uh so kind of like a continuation there which i guess right. is like the time period that like i'm i'm least interested in but they've They've talked about, like, an Academy show for all of my life. So they've always talked about, like, maybe we'll do, like, a Star Trek Academy. Who knows? We, we could do, we could do that show. We could, we'd have, we could have Star Trek 90210. It's, it's always been kind of like this rumored thing, this proposed thing. I feel like Prodigy scratched that itch, but, you know, they're, they've decided to take Prodigy in, like, a different direction than it's not going to be kids at school. It's So I guess we're going to get, like, a live-action version of that instead. But I don't know. I think there's there's potential. I've given my pitch for this before, so I'm not going to do the full pitch. But I think, like, 90210 is, like, the kind of mo- worst version of it people can imagine where it's just kind of a soap opera. But I definitely think that, that it, it needn't be that. There's lots of possibilities. I agree. And frankly, if they do set it in the Discovery future, bring give me back my Tilly. Just please give me back my Tilly. I mean, I, I think that's got to be part of it. Yeah, uh, I would that I would I would love that. Uh, I, I think that what made that exciting is, uh, uh, this is something I talked about before when we mentioned this father. It would be the idea of Starfleet Academy being kind of a vibrant thing as Starfleet itself is essentially jump-started in that era. So it's, it'd be mm-hmm. an exciting time to go and join Starfleet Academy and be a part of this, you know, new new wave, almost the energy of the Peace Corps in the 60s or something like that. And, you know, you could have uh, you know, guest teachers and professors from other alien species and civilizations you could have you know other people who'd been in discovery could show up potentially uh to lecture you could even have like a holographic representation of other trek characters from the past and potentially bring some other actors in there yeah uh, there's an end universe precedent for you know speaking of enterprise of like hey let's just get in the holodeck and go relive some historical event so but also one of my favorite uh, a great tng episode is the um what what's the the first oh my gosh the wesley's dismissal from the academy uh, what was that the first principle the first the first duty the, the first duty that's it um and like i feel like you could pull in dramatic stuff like that too really like kids taking risks um even with, even that's excluding any relationship stuff which i think would also be potentially interesting and and trent could do some stuff with that too so I'm I'm excited at the possibility. I, I know ways yeah. that school drama type stuff could also become kind of 
familiar and soap opera-y, and I hope it doesn't do that. I don't think it will. I don't think it will, because I trust Tawny, so. So, yeah, so some excitement for the Academy show. So there were some some good announcements in the year, after all. Um, I think it was also a, a good year for uh, for Star Trek outside of the shows with the kind of like the tie-in material and stuff. I I don't typically read the Star Trek novels. I used to keep up with some here and there, but it's just, I'm, I'm kind of a slow reader anyways. It takes me forever to finish books and it's, I read so many comics and I, I, I try to read like nonfiction um, when I think the stuff that I think is important in the world, I try to read up on, on that sometimes. So I don't always have time for the Star Trek novels, but I, I did read quite a few Star Trek comics and I played some Star Trek video games this year uh dave I don't, I don't think you were you played any of the games brandy did you play uh do you play any any games uh Res- resurgence was the big one for me this year yep i did play resurgence and i want to play it again and make different choices and see yes. what happens just for kicks and giggles and uh, and i did play I, I did play the prodigy game as well which it's definitely aimed toward a younger audience right supernova but- supernova yes but it's also still fun for me it's it's basically a lot of working out puzzles <laughs> i felt like uh just at a, at a glance i didn't play it but it kind of looked like when i've occasionally played the lego games mm-hmm. and i don't know if the stakes felt like they were higher like if it's a good comparison higher, but those lego comparison. games are great for two players you wander around through cool landscapes you don't necessarily it's not like trying to recreate the exact feel, but they like have a, you know, kind of a high fun factor and you solve light puzzles and things. Yeah, well, and I had to fight a spider dreadnought. It was not fun. It was scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, good, good. That's, Dave and that's... I are supposed to play that. It was requested that we stream a game, but it doesn't support like two player co-op. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it sure no, it, it does. It does. But like not not split screen. You have to be at like the on the same TV to do yeah. that. Yeah. But maybe someday. Yeah, maybe someday. Who who's the big bad in that? Did you or... Dreadnought. Dreadnought. Like and is boss. he the final boss like? Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. So. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, but it's there's fun. I, I streamed the gameplay of the entire game to help like keep Prodigy trending. I don't know if it did any good, but I mean apparently it did. We got the it, show it on did. Netflix. Good job, so, brother. You yeah, saved it. Y'all are welcome. But if if people <laughs> if people go onto the under the text trek youtube channel or you might be listening to me there now but um you can you can find that and i i streamed all of my uh, star trek resurgence gameplay as well which is something like we hadn't done that before we hadn't like streamed gameplay so that's a thing that that's i guess that's a thing that uh, i might do more of next year i'm um uh, i i am I'm, I'm dabbling with with streaming video games we'll say but i think people kind of know that what was the star trek one uh, that you just said father Eith? The non-prodigy one? Resurgence. Resurgence, yeah. So y'all both played that. I know it broadly uses aspects of the Telltale game, familiar Telltale games thing with lots mm-hmm. of conversation trees and choices and difficult moral decisions. Would y'all both say, hey, Dave, you should play that? Should I play that? I think it was really interesting. I would say play it. And fathery? Yeah. Yeah, um, and we did we did that review where mm-hmm. you, uh, you debriefed me on the game mm-hmm. and... People can go like check that out if they want like more like in depth thoughts on yeah, it. As like, you're yeah, as you describing it, I was like, it. you know, I could, I might can find some time in January to play that. That's I'm kind of surprised you didn't. Good. You, I'm kind of surprised you didn't because you. I was you excited were, like, really too at the time. At the time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I was like, oh, Father, he's played it. It's already old hat now. 
Um, <laughs> Rachel in the live audience is, is talking about uh, Star Trek Online, and uh, I know that she's been playing some of that. And I, I've played some on the PlayStation. I can I can get back on Star Trek Online. Maybe uh, there's that Infinite game that came out this year, but I don't know anyone who played it. The real time strategy PC game. Star. I think it was called Star Trek Infinite. It just came out like a few weeks ago. I'm already like I don't even remember what it was called. But that's because um, Star Trek and military strategy is uh, slightly weird, even though I, I know it's also had a history of games that do that. Yeah, it actually seems like it would make a lot of sense. And you can like play as like these other empires like the Klingons and Romulans and Dominion and it. Uh, but was that I don't a know, regular no one... a full game or an app game or what? No, it was like a full on PC strategy game, like a full 50, 60 dollar game. What's it called, Father? Star Trek Infinite, I think. Okay, just curious. But this is this is honestly this is the most I've ever heard anyone talk about it ever since it was <laughs> announced. <laughs> yeah, t- two dudes trying to remember the name of it. <laughs> I I'm looking it up at um, Metacritic uh, that that aggregates um, uh, reviews and it's I don't know it's not coming up. It's like someone's Section Thirty One has erased it. Um, uh, or there's not enough reviews to post about it. Maybe that doesn't bode well. Anyway, I'll look into this so we can talk about it on some subsequent episode. And uh, yeah, I I doubt we'll ever cover that game. Probably there seems not. to be no interest in it. But <laughs> uh, what I I think that there's a lot of interest in like the Star Trek comics, or at least like I'm trying to get people to pay more attention to them because I think they've done like some really cool stuff this year. With uh, we we talked to uh. Heather Antos, the editor at IDW. So we have an interview that people can go check out from a, f- a few months ago. But there's a, a ongoing Star Trek book, and there's a well, I guess there's two because they have like the main Star Trek book and the spinoff with the the Defiant, where you have yep. the cool like Worf stuff, and then you have like Cisco back from the wormhole doing shit in the main ongoing books. So and and Heather Antos uh, rightly took pride in the fact that uh, under her. Uh, regime reign, editorial stu- stewardship uh let's say stewardship reign sound and regime sounds a little um mirror universe uh she has been <laughs> able to she they, they the first time a trek book uh, or a trek story ever got an eisner award which for those who don't know the comic biz that's like our academy awards um and that's that's pretty notable so yeah her, not, and, n- not common for licensed comics very very sure. rare for very sure. rare but uh, but Brandy, you've been keeping up on them uh, a bit and uh, been having a good time in, in those worlds. They don't seem mm-hmm. too off canon or off model or anything. No, they really don't. Um, I think that the comics, because of course they're not really they they can't be canon. But right. uh, and I and I understand that, and that's fine actually. But I really think that they uh, keep true to the characters especially from the, uh, I don't want to say old era, the pre-2000 era, <laughs> pre-2010 yeah. era of, of Star legacy, Trek. Legacy Star Trek is legacy the Legacy Star Trek, there we go. It's the official yeah. term um, that, we, that we're supposed to use. I, I think that they're really doing a great job of inhabiting those characters in the comics and creating interesting stories for them. And I I go through them so fast because I'm a really fast reader. And so I have to, and so I like read all the dialogue, but then I have to go back and I have to look at the pictures yeah, and yeah. concentrate on those as well. I can't do both at the same time. So. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Just to, 
you know, it's 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 a it's its own sort of language of of, of reading and gaining information, and yeah, everybody kind of has their different approach. You know, I was uh, looking at it was just flipping through a recent issue. And it had uh, Harry Kim on the cover, looking kind of like a badass. He had like some cool jacket on. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't get a chance to read the story yet, but it's like in the middle of I think the um, the 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 main Star Trek book that they have now that has mm-hmm. uh, is it is it the Defiant at the heart of that? No, that's the spinoff. That's is the spin-off, Defiant yeah. spinoff. Okay, but they they they're both using a lot of legacy, legacy characters, characters and real. If people liked Picard season three, if you liked mm-hmm. the way like that show kind of like use the universe it's very much in the same spirit as that and some of it even kind of like ties in like they had ro show up in the comic the same week that she showed up on picard and it the 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 comic takes place uh decades before the show so it all kind of lines up but just tonally it just felt right for her and it it, story story wise it made it's like her explanation of like oh yeah well you know i was in prison but then like they let me out do like all this work it's like we see that in the comic the thing that they're talking about on the show and it was all landing at the same week so it it was just seeing that level of synchronicity in the franchise you know the other star franchise gets to enjoy that sometimes i feel like we don't get that very often and in trek everything's like so chaotic and you know licenses change hands all the time hell we can't even keep all of our shows on the same streaming platform like the in-house streaming platform that paramount global owns it's supposed to be like their big <laughs> flagship you know here's our like entertainment model like how we're gonna like generate money for our stockholders with our all this content that we own in our library you know but whatever they they, they can't do that but they were somehow able to like get like the comic and show to work so i'll, I'll take the wins when i can that was cool to, to see that I feel like um, streaming services had no idea how to run a streaming service. (laughs) And I think that that's been the case with every streaming service. It's like, oh, yes, we've got all these new subscribers. But eventually those subscribers are going to level off. There are only so many people in the world and there's only so much money people can fork out for streaming services. And so uh, they, they hit this this wall this year and are finally realizing oh oh we have no idea what we're doing i mean i guess we are relatively early on in that technology i mean it's been around a bit it's it's not well, it's, new new it's but... all it was all just a big effort to get around uh advertisers like oh we can like we can give content to the consumer and the consumer will just pay us a subscription instead of advertisers paying us to advertise um and then it's like oh this model actually like doesn't work and it's not sustainable and i'm <laughs> not saying because, like we have yeah. to have like advertisements in order to live but i'm just saying like that but if you have like a capitalist thing. system that's where like a lot of people with capital they're gonna like invest in themselves and invest in like their advertising and i wish that they would just you know divert funds and making like quality entertainment because that's just like a worthy goal to you know contribute to society like here's like some here's some good star trek for people for civilization to enjoy you know but unfortunately yeah. we don't have that someone's gonna have to pay for it and if we're not paying like you know 18 dollars a month on every subscription service we have then we either either uh you know become a pirate or sit through some commercials well see and that's the thing it's like you pay a subscription for you know uh, like you have your regular subscription which is where you have commercials and then you have your premium subscription which has no commercials but why are you paying a subscription fee and still sitting through commercials that's the worst that that's like the most unexcusable of any yeah. of them 
exactly. Yeah, that does that does drive me nuts. And I grew up with commercials. I can tolerate them. I would uh, gather a lot more than sort of probably Gen Z or millennials can. But if I've paid for it, <laughs> like get that shit out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It's ridiculous to have a paid subscription that has commercials in it. Stop doing that. Just stop it. And I guess at some point we're going to be talking about Star Trek, about like whatever, whatever one of these like mega companies ends up like buying Paramount Global when it like, you know, I don't, I don't know like how long Paramount Plus is going to last, but I the, eventually there's going to be like some consolidation with like these these big streaming platforms. You know, there's a uh, right now Paramount Which Plus makes is, everything worse. Yes. Yeah. It's not going to be it's not going to be good news, but. I think that it will be like, you know, within the next few years, we'll be talking about like either Amazon or Apple or Netflix or someone will buy like Paramount Global and will own Star Trek and will own Paramount Plus and Showtime and all of that stuff and Nickelodeon and Ninja Turtles and BET and whatever's like under the umbrella. If it doesn't get like broken up, but I don't the whole like Sherry Redstone's whole thing was like, let's put it all together in one like big ass package and make it where if someone tries to buy it, they have to buy all of it. So... Yeah. That's kind of I don't know if this is like boring to people, but that's they're kind of in like a weird situation now where like they're like too big. Like the only people who could buy them are like people who would like, oh, if Disney or Discovery does it, like they would probably become like a monopoly and get like stopped by the courts. So that's like right. they're too big for like the other medium sized companies to buy, but they're they're too big for like the big people to buy also. <laughs> yeah, they painted themselves into a corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Brandy? Oh, I was just going to say, there was a a comment saying, you pay for cable and still have commercials. Yes, but you usually also have a DVR and can record things and watch them later and fast forward the commercials. When you have a streaming subscription with commercials, you cannot fast forward the commercials. Yeah. I mean, I don't pay for cable either, so I I, I don't want to do that. A while ago, I, I got so sick of cable hiking up and hiking up and hiking up the prices and yet not giving me all of the channels it's like why am i paying so much money it was it had gotten to the point where um internet and phone which we also ditched as well because we have cell phones and uh and cable was over 250 dollars a month yeah, pe- yeah, I think people don't understand how expensive cable is. Like people who like cut the cord like twelve years ago, and they're like, "I'm paying for all these streaming services. It would just be cheaper to get cable." Like, no, it wouldn't be. Cable is like super <laughs> pricey. <laughs> but yeah, hey, Father, since it came up earlier, I, I was going to say I didn't really. I, I think I watched all of the very short treks um, that came out this year, which was what part of the fiftieth anniversary of. Part of the TAS, yeah, of TAS, series. yeah. Just to just to throw it throw it in there real quick. I don't have a lot to say on them, but I I more or less liked the experience, even though sometimes it was kind of trashy. You know, some of them were kind of trashy. They definitely all mm. had what I think of as the what the the Cartoon Network sort of sense, Adult, adult Swim sense of humor. Um, but uh, you know, and just you know, in a little three five minute parcel or whatever, I can enjoy a little bit of. I don't know, kind of messed up jokes. I think I I watched all of them one time and then was confused about like why are people still talking about this like a week later, like this weird little internet promo. But I mean, you know, wasn't one of the ones 
was a guy who directed one or maybe two of them was the guy who did too many cooks. The yeah, he was in charge. Uh, Ca- Casper Kelly. He was in charge of the whole project. Yeah, and you know that guy. That guy made a viral video ten, twelve, whatever years ago it was, and people talked about that quite a bit. And this is you know, this, some of that same absurdist and sometimes messed up sense of humor applied to Trek. Which we're not super used to, although, you know, um, Lower Decks dabbles in it. They dabble in it, but some of the stuff in the very short tricks was downright disgusting. Yeah, like, sure. Like, <laughs> gross. And I'm not saying, like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm saying, like, I was grossed out. Yeah. Yeah, I had, like, a the transporter accident, dude, where you got, like, half-beamed and... Or like the booger eater people. That was yeah. That mm-hmm. that's why I only watched it one time, maybe. <laughs> but that was that was kind of see. I think that was kind of funny. Wasn't that the one where Riker was more and more trying to basically? He was like, we don't want these people to bring them into the Federation, and yeah. so they kept on upping the ante increasingly more ridiculously of how gross these aliens were. Yeah. Uh, until he basically just nopes on out of there. I mean, I think that's a basically that's a pretty funny gag. I'm not gonna defend uh, a booger eating uh, (laughs) joke specifically it's it is gross but um uh, you know i i think probably trek's 50th anniversary of their animated component probably deserves something better uh than than you know some some shorts that at times certainly might have felt like it was making fun of it and not laughing with but laughing at but um you know uh prodigy and Lower decks have, I guess, been their own gift to Trek animation. Uh, it, it is, it is probably, it, it is kind of too bad that they weren't a little more ambitious. Uh, that they sort of made stuff. I guess what feels like it's kind of for a non-Trek audience, you know, for what should have been more for a Trek audience. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, it was like weird little absurdist commercials that you would, I don't know, be like, here's like a weird memorable like thing that like marketing people like. You know, if you watch like commercials during like these nfl games I, I guess i see like more commercials than i typically see but it's like yeah they try to do like all like these weird just like to do something like really weird and bizarre just so it sticks in your memory so you can like remember like this product or whatever but yeah uh, yeah sure but yeah uh, I mean, the, I don't, it's I don't like have... the the burger king king you know super creepy yeah 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 very, yeah but that very effective as a branding tool um yeah i don't have any like i don't like i think i've said all i have on it it's it wasn't necessarily worth much discussion i don't know if y'all have yeah, else? well, I feel like, I mean, they, they build this as a celebration sort of thing for the 50th right. anniversary, and it didn't feel like that at It felt all. more like Family Guy came in and took over for, you know, a few Thank you, yes. That's, that's <laughs> actually, yeah. I, I guess I was never really expecting, there's like, we, we did like these promos, it's like, okay, I don't really count that as like a celebration. Like, I never expected mm-hmm. it to be anything worth Right. If they just said we're doing some fun to. little cr- crazy promos, I think that probably would have done better. I wouldn't have said anything. I wouldn't yeah. have even announced. I would have just done it. I would have just like spat that out and been like, "Here, like, like it or don't like it. It's not. It's not a big event. So <laughs> there's yeah. no. There is no reason for like trekcore.com or trekmovie.com to put out like an article on on this. It's just a little thing on the on the Star Trek website, and and uh, people can watch it or not watch it. And I don't know. I just, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I guess promoted the promos seemed weird to me yeah um yeah. i just by the way i saw somebody in the comments mention the uh fashion partnership with kid cootie 
Yeah. And uh, some expensive I, jackets that none of us could buy. Yeah, I uh, they 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 looked pretty cool from what I uh, gandered at, but yeah, I was not about to like run out and pick him up. I don't I don't know. Has this been a success at all? Do you, do we? Is there a way to gauge that? Um, I'm gonna assume not as the the answer to both your questions <laughs> if it was a successor is there a way to gauge it <laughs> i'm gonna assume not yeah uh maybe not uh, trek trek and fashion is kind of a weird thing although fashion is you know costuming and fashion figures into every single trek it's just that it's you know it's um a lot of times people are just wearing uniforms <laughs> yeah well you know what honestly you know, I I could open a whole new market for them as far as uh, uniforms. Make them for larger women. It's not that in general. Hard. I think uh, Trek uh, could could probably use uh, a little bit of that. Um, they could use a lot of that. There's a lot of hmm. women who can't cosplay because they can't afford to make their own uniform or pay someone to make it for them. Because you cannot find anything. For a woman that is not basically skin and bones, right? They um they did have a history on that show of a lot of skin tight uniforms and and stuff. I feel for those actors, uh, the especially like I guess the TOS and uh, TNG people. You know what? As uh, a as someone who likes to wear like jackets and thing like uniforms that like uh, like wrap up or zip up and stuff it's like hey star trek picard season three when you have to like design uh uniforms to make like your pudgy old actors look look better in their old age that's like that, that, that helps uh that helps you know pudgier cosplayers so i i appreciate yeah. that well but. see that's the thing i have seen larger sizes costumes uh uniform costumes for men but never mm. for women ever little old school uh sexism rearing yeah, its well, head that's unfortunate like just... i would say i would complain to uh paramount but they don't even like make don't any care. like they well they don't even make any of the stuff they're not even making yeah. like official uniforms so yeah. it's like you know all the cosplays people are just buying from like the uh you know the third party the, the illegal like overseas cosplay but it's like i guess we have to complain to those people <laughs> yeah hey sweatshops yeah but I don't have anything else on uh, on Trek in 2023. Uh, just uh, remind people that, uh, you know, in addition to Heather Antos and Iris Stephen Bear, we talked to uh, Mike McMahon a few weeks ago about uh, season four of Lower Decks. So there's uh, we there had some some interviews. If people missed those, uh, it's a good time to go and check them out. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We have a uh, I'm I have a lot of work to do, and it's real scary and overwhelming. But I think uh, I think we're gonna pull it off. And uh, we have a Big uh, surprise. I think y'all will like it. Text Trek Trekmas special, holiday special, Christmas special. What's the uh, Seinfeld holiday? The fest festivus. festivus. Yeah, that can be that too. Any any winter holiday celebration that you want to assign to it. But that's, yep. uh, hopefully that'll be done December 15th. That'll be out. And uh, it'll be something that you can listen to or watch. Um, but uh, that, that will be... Uh, on its way in a couple of weeks yeah i think it's cool uh i believe people will like it and uh and or uh get a laugh out of it and or well, well you can't talk about it so don't say what it is yeah i won't say what it is i won't say what it is yeah people make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss that 
And a uh, big thank you to the Textrek Patreon supporters. That's uh, Starfleet Sohel, Cake is Eternal, Crazy Dutchie, Joanne Robertson, John Da, Geek Filter, Earl Grey Trekkie, Quark Spar, Stephanie Durantas, Matthew Averett, Braxton Chucke, and our anonymous supporters. Thank each and every one of you so much. Again, the Patreon watch party will be December 16th. And uh, everyone should join the uh, Text Trek Discord server because we're going to have some various uh, watch party activity things going on this month. You know, Father, uh, worth mentioning is that uh, was it uh, Aaron Waltke who uh, did a, sat in with us? Not this year. This year? Um, oh, was that not this year? He did. Uh, there was no prodigy this year, but uh, he was. Uh, I thought last he still year. sat in when we when we watched an episode. But I, I, I could have sworn. Oh, oh no, a... yeah, he came to one of our he came to one of our Patreon watch parties. Yeah, that's so, right. so that's a Patreon he... uh, exclusive. Yeah, so and he, he like straight watched it with us. Yeah. Did commentary. Asked, Just talk. Uh, yeah, you. you he gave you us like st- insider knowledge that you are not going to get elsewhere. Yeah, if so, you pay that that little two dollars a month that gets you into the, these watch parties. And you never know who who will show. You might be you might be watching an episode of Star Trek with us, and then the uh, the writer of that episode might just appear and uh, talk about it with you as 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 we're watching it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good point. I don't know if we're going to be live again. We might be if there's some. I don't know. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube because yeah, who knows? We might do like a live stream. I might just do. I might just be like, hey, I just I miss y'all. I wanted I want to stream just a. Just to say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year or something, but uh, hit hit that subscribe if if this is the last time that we're live until the until twenty twenty four. Though I hope everyone does have a, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and a, a very trektastic New Year. Absolutely, um, Brandy. Do you want to remind people uh, where they can find you and some of like the other the other uh, the other content that that you're doing right now? No. <laughs> Sick. I love it. I don't want anyone to find me ever. Again. <laughs> I'm an introvert and I like being alone. <laughs> um, I'm not doing a whole lot as far as content right now because I'm tired and old. But uh, so basically sometime in the new year, I'll start things again. But uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm not going to talk about Twitter because it's just a big fat dumpster fire. <laughs> but um, you can find me on Mastodon at Brandywine at RaveNation.club. You can find me on Blue Sky at brandywine.bsky.social. And uh, I'm on Instagram as just myself, which is Brandy Jackala. Um, and uh, just uh, thanks for letting me join today and also for uh, letting me have my little rants. So it's kind of a it's kind of a thing I do. Of course. Uh, thank thank you for for taking time to uh stop by and chat with us and i uh, hope hopefully we can have you uh back on board the uh the starship texas uh, uh again in in the new year in 2024 maybe maybe we can make it happen uh more regularly yeah beam me up oh yeah well, and uh, until next time as always live long and prosper y'all and live lugs and proper Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek. And follow Fathery on Twitter at txtrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.